From New Orleans, Louisiana, it's Empirical's PowerTech Podcast. This is the place where we talk about bringing technology to the power industry. Our goal is to educate you on the most popular trends, bring you actionable strategies from industry thought leaders, and help you make sure your utility is prepared for the future. I'm your host, Matthew Sachs, president of Empirical, former utility engineer and power industry advocate. Over the past decade, several utilities and commissions have made investments into new technologies, tools, and techniques to modernize the electric grid. As some of these investments are reaching full implementation, there's an opportunity for other utilities and their regulators who are contemplating similar investments to learn from the experiences of the early adopters. One key component of a successful grid modernization effort is customer engagement. Utilities are moving away from the ratepayer mindset and are seeking new ways to turn into more customer-centric organizations. More and more customers are interested in new technologies, more rate options, and access to cleaner energy choices. Utilities' grid modernization efforts will help meet these new needs and demands from their customers. Dr. Sanam Sargichi is a principal in the Brattle Group's Boston, Massachusetts office, specializing in program design, evaluation, and big data analytics in the areas of energy efficiency demand response, smart grid, and innovative pricing. She regularly supports her clients in their strategic and regulatory questions related to retail rate design, emerging technologies, and grid modernization investments. Dr. Sargichi has been at the forefront of the design and impact analysis of innovative retail pricing, enabling technology and behavior-based energy efficiency pilots and programs in North America. She has led numerous studies in these areas that were instrumental in regulatory approvals of advanced metering infrastructure investments and smart rate offerings for electricity customers. She also has significant expertise in development of load forecasting models, rate making for electric utilities, and energy litigation. Dr. Sergeci is a frequent presenter on the economic analysis of distributed energy resources and regularly publishes in academic and industry journals. She was recently featured in Public Utility Fortnightly Magazine's fortnightly under 40 2019 list. She received her PhD in applied economics from Northeastern University in the fields of applied econometrics and industrial organization. Dr. Sargeci, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matthew, for having me on the show. You know, grid modernization is kind of one of those buzzwords that's all the rage in the industry these days. And I know that encompasses such a broad range of systems and equipment and devices But how would you define grid modernization? Yeah, that's a great question. And there are many different definitions of grid modernization if you look at the uh, the respected report and volume of literature out there. But the definition that I like is that grid modernization is is a portfolio of technologies, tools, and projects that uh, upgrade the existing grid as well as the experience of the users of the grid. A more specific definition that I like to use is that uh, grid modernization projects include efforts and projects in five different areas. The first one being distribution infrastructure, hardening and resiliency projects. Those refer to the physical improvement of asset durability, preventing outages and damage, and minimizing the impact of extreme weather events. The second category is the transmission infrastructure, hardening and modernization efforts and projects. These include transmission line upgrades, flood mitigation, storm resistance, and enhanced physical and cyber security. 
The third bucket is the smart grid and distribution system modernization. These include advanced grid technologies that enable two-way communication between the customers and the, and the grid, self-healing and autonomous restoration features. The fourth bucket is the advanced metering infrastructure, which typically refers to uh, metering and communication infrastructure. And, and finally, this last but not least category involves projects in the areas of distributed energy resources, which uh, typically include deployment and integration of these resources on the, uh, on the broader grid. Well, I really like how in your definition, you pulled in the benefits to the users. You know, it's not just that we're, we're spending for spending sake. We're not just going to put out new assets or new devices, new equipment, but there's got to be that tangible benefit to the user. What led us to this point? In other words, what characteristics of our transmission grid today were such a problem that this massive capital spending was required to make it more modern? Yeah, I would say mainly three things. There are, there are more, but I, I think that I will focus on uh, three of them. First of all, compared to the pace of technology improvements and the technological breakthroughs we've been witnessing in all aspects of our life, electric grid has remained extremely antiquated for a long time. There's this joke that if a time machine was real, time traveling was possible, and we were able to bring back Thomas Edison, he would not struggle all that much with comparing our current grid to what he designed in 1880s. <laughs> so it's really time to upgrade the grid to be compatible with all the innovations 21st century has enabled. The second one that we've been witnessing an increasing amount of extreme weather events recently. One, one in 100 year events are now happening uh, every 20 years. And, and this means that we have to do a lot more work to improve the resilience of our electric grid which means the ability to recover from such catastrophic events, given that they are happening a lot frequently right now. The third one is uh, the increased penetration of renewable generation resources. Due to the intermittent nature of these resources, our grid needs to be a lot more flexible and incorporate load flexibility in the form of demand response, behind a meter storage, and broad category of distributed generation resources. And the coordination of these resources on the grid requires a more sophisticated platform than we currently have in many places across the country. So that's interesting. It's not just a, a lack of desire, a lack of spending, or just kind of being behind the times, but also kind of some macro factors like the extreme weather or the onslaught of the renewable technologies that are, that are driving it. Now, you mentioned smart grid before. In your opinion, is, is there a difference between the so-called smart grid and these modernization efforts? Or, you know, if you put enough modernization into it, do you earn the smart grid label? Yeah, I always think that grid modernization is really a broader envelope term for all those activities that I just listed a few minutes ago. But the distinction is really mostly about the activity that we're undertaking under the grid modernization umbrella. Smart grid is achieved when advanced grid technologies, again, to enable two-way communication, self-healing, and autonomous restoration are introduced. And, and, and I like the, the way I like to think about it is that you, know, you take the existing grid and you overlay an advanced IT and communication network on top of it. And there you get your smart grid. Whereas on other grid modernization projects, such as transmission and distribution uh, grid hardening, you could just upgrade your transmission lines. You do you know, projects for flood mitigation and storm resistance, and your grid is definitely 
uh, more resilient, more reliable as a result of it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's more smarter. So that's really my distinction between the two. It's the introduction of this advanced IT and communication network is what makes the grid more smart and more uh, resilient. Well, I guess I'm biased because you came on our show, but I think that's one of the best distinctions I've heard between the two. And I like that. I'm, I'm going to remember that one. So let's, let's go back and talk about, you know, the average consumer of electricity. Historically, we have called that individual simply the ratepayer. But given that the transmission grid is extremely reliable in our country, how does that person, the average ratepayer, benefit from all of these multiple monetization efforts? Certainly, it's going to be on their minds following natural disasters or extended outages. But otherwise, during a typical day when the power is on and they're not having any issues, what advantages are, are they getting from a more modern grid? That's a great question. And sure, improved resilience is a great benefit of these grid modernization projects during the dark sky days. But customers will definitely benefit from these investments during blue sky days as well. Grid modernization investments, especially those targeting smart grid and distribution system modernization, AMI and distributed energy resources, will facilitate customer choice in, in many different areas. Just to give a few examples, they will enable the introduction of more innovative time varying rates. And these rates will improve economic efficiency and they will address uh, equity. Again, it wasn't possible to introduce these rates before the introduction of advanced meters because the, the metering infrastructure would not be there and you couldn't charge customers by the time of today. So now it's possible because of these investments. Another one is green power. Um, customers will have more choice on having more green power and, and choose the source of the power that they receive. And due to the additional flexibility of the grid, the overall grid will be able to handle more renewable resources, meaning that there will be more green power for customers signing up on these green tariffs and green pricing contracts. The grid itself will be greener because it will be able to handle more renewable resources. And another important one is that these projects, these grid modernization projects will facilitate the deployment of smart appliances, smart thermostats, behind the meter storage, distributed solar and electric vehicles. And it will be possible to coordinate these distributed energy resources with the rest of the distribution system in a, in a harmonious way. Well, from the literature that I've read, it seems that both regulators and their incumbent utilities, both parties, desire to modernize the grid. But is it possible that our current state of regulation is actually hampering the innovation and the growth of some of these grid initiatives? Yes, unfortunately, yes. The traditional cost of service model has worked very well for so many years for the regulation of electric distribution business. But given the evolution in the power industry, it's leading to unsatisfactory outcomes for utilities and other stakeholders, including customers and regulators. For instance, the revenue recovery process does not always match utility costs as they are incurred. The rates are usually set for multiple years, which means that the revenue requirement uh, that was estimated when setting rates will almost certainly differ from the cost that the utility incurs during the subsequent years. And this could slow down the pace of innovation and, and grid modernization investments. In addition, incentives embedded in the traditional rate of return regulation may run counter to some of these evolving and important policy goals. For example, grid modernization investments enable a more distributed energy future 
but these distributed resources may mean short-term and long-term earning losses for utilities under the traditional cost of service model. So there's definitely a need for a modification and a revision of this current regulatory model that is prevalent uh, across the country. Can the grid modernization take place at all under the current regulation? Does it need a little bit of change? Does it require massive amounts of change? You know, are we going to be kind of stumbling over these hurdles for another decade or so? What's your outlook on the prospects of that? Yeah, I would say that utilities' incentive to innovate and push for these grid modernization projects will be very muted under the current default uh, cost of service model. Granted, they will strive to serve reliably to their customers, so they will undertake some of these uh, grid hardening infrastructure investments to improve reliability and resiliency. But my take is that under the traditional model, they will just do what's the minimum required level. They wouldn't have the incentive to go above and beyond. For this reason, performance-based regulation or more broadly alternative regulation is being considered in various jurisdictions across the United States right now because they address shortcomings of the traditional cost of service model. These models typically improve the alignment of revenue recovery to utility costs by reducing or eliminating regulatory lag and reducing utilities' disincentives for engaging in grid modernization efforts by leading to a timely recovery of these investments. And moreover, emerging performance incentive mechanisms reward utilities for, for undertaking these projects. And again, these might, this pursuit of these projects may potentially lead to earning losses in the short term but they would lead to overall cost savings and lower rates for customers in the long run. So there are these mechanisms that reward for utilities undertaking these initiatives. And several states with innovative regulatory environments, such as New York, Illinois, uh, and others have either instituted these emerging performance mechanisms or, or they are currently in the process of evaluating them. So I think we're seeing a lot of uh, progress in this area, although we need a lot more for pursuing these investments to their full potential. Certainly so. Thinking of your report that you did for NEMA, the National Electrical Manufacturers Association, where you reviewed a lot of investments in grid modernization throughout the country. Now, in that work, did you find that there was a major difference in the approval or even the implementation for different types of grid modernization efforts? In other words, do regulators seem to have more of an appetite for certain types of modernization over others? Yeah, so it's not clear which direction the, the, the push is coming from, whether it's the regulators desiring or utilities finding it more appropriate to pursue them uh, initially. But what we found is smart grid and distribution system modernization investments take the front seat in most of the grid modernization plans we have reviewed. I think that there is finally the appreciation that the utility of the future vision that most utilities uh, subscribe to will not be possible with an antiquated grid. And more utilities are proposing smart grid and distribution system plans, uh, modernization plans, and regulators are also more open-minded and enthusiastic about enabling these uh, plans and proposals. In that same report, you mentioned how customer engagement strategies are critically important in helping these modernization plans find their approval with regulators. However, I think most consumers, ratepayers, simply kind of expect to just flip that switch and have their lights come on, whether those lights are dumb or now smart these days. What kind of value message can the utilities communicate to get 
a key stakeholder segment like this, those rate payers, what key value message can they push to get them involved in helping push grid modernization forward? Customer engagement is a key component of a successful grid modernization effort. When we think about these grid modernization investments and projects, they are all wire and technologies and IT and communication structures. So it's really easy to miss the big picture and not focus on how customers will pursue these investments and the implications of these investments for them. But fortunately, utilities are really paying a lot of attention to customers and to what customers think. And they are moving away from the ratepayer mindset and trying to find new ways to turn into more customer-centric organizations. A lot of utilities are playing with the idea of design thinking. They are more open to the test and learn approach. And that more and more customers are also becoming interested in new technologies and having more rate options and having access to, to cleaner energy choices. They are also tuning more into their utilities' messages. So eventually, utilities' grid modernization efforts will help the customers meet these new needs and demands. And a key element of any grid modernization plan should be to communicate the value of these investments to their customers and have them understand and appreciate the new and enhanced level of service they will be getting from their utility because they will be paying a bit more as these projects go through, the customer rates will increase, at least in the near term. If they understand the better service and more reliable, more flexible service that they get from their utilities, we think that they will also be more open to these rate increases and and utilities will get less of a pushback from their customers and integrating these costs into the revenue recovery mechanisms. So, yeah, the customers are a centerpiece of the grid, successful grid modernization efforts. I definitely believe this is a very exciting time to be in this industry. We're seeing just these transformative efforts going all across the grid uh, in a lot of different ways. And it's something that's kind of unprecedented. But I think what you've laid out is it's also a terrific opportunity for utilities to begin interacting with their customers in a new way rather than simply providing a service that's kind of looked upon as a commodity. So with all that, I appreciate your time here. Any closing thoughts? Uh, No, I definitely agree with you. This is a really exciting time to be working in the power industry. Lots of of changes are happening, but I think we're all working towards the same objective to achieve a smarter, more resilient grid where a customer plays a big role and, and sees their utility as a trusted advisor. So so thanks for uh, having me on the show. It was a pleasure, Matthew. Oh, Dr. Sargeci, the pleasure is ours. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Grid modernization is a trend that is only expected to grow. Whether the result of past underfunding, new renewable energy standards, or increased resilience, our electric grid is undergoing a massive transformation. The efforts could be led by either regulators or utilities, but the key stakeholder just might be the ratepayer, now more properly referred to as the electricity consumer. Smart utilities will be those that sufficiently and proactively engage this consumer in advancing grid modernization efforts. Only then can we truly build out the 21st century grid. Well, that about wraps up this edition of the PowerTech Podcast. If you haven't yet, please log in to wherever you subscribe to the podcast and both rate this show and leave a comment, as that really helps new subscribers in the power industry to find us. 
Also, for more free insights on bringing technology to the power industry, make sure to visit Empirical.com. We post free white papers, articles, and all of our previous podcasts there. Plus, you can register for a free 3D strategy planning session call with one of our 3D planning specialists. Again, you can do all of that and much more at Empirical.com. Please stay tuned and join us for the next episode of the PowerTech Podcast. And until next time, keep engineering powerful solutions.